Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to a brand new episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest is an actress. Her film, How to Have Sex, is absolutely amazing. It's been critically acclaimed. I have read that it had a six-minute standing ovation at one of the screenings, which has blown my mind and is also well-deserved. Uh, she's had quite a few years. She filmed that. She got engaged. She got pregnant. She did most of the promo of How to Have Sex whilst heavily pregnant. She's had said baby. And now she is nominated for a BAFTA, an EE Rising Star Award. I'm very excited. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Mia McKenna-Bruce. Hello. Hello. Hi. I mean, well, when you put it like that, that does sound very exciting. You have packed in a lot in a short amount of time. Yeah, I think um, everyone always says that I kind of thrive off chaos. So I think it was like, <laughs> OK, we're doing this. Let's do it all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it must be absolutely bonkers right now, because obviously it's one thing having the film resonate in the way that it has. And I like know that you mm. and Pret have said that it's it's one of those films where everyone has a story. Everyone does. Yeah. And so that must be a massive thing for you as well to take on that. Because I, I imagine you can't go to a screening or anything or even you know, yeah. do interviews without someone going, oh, and me. or you know, And that's a lot to yeah. take on. Yeah, so for sure. It's been amazing, though, because it's kind of like we didn't realise just how many people it would resonate with, really? which is kind of bittersweet in itself. Yeah, because we kind of knew like, oh, this story will be important to a lot of people but 
Oh my gosh, yeah. I think you're at a hard push to find anyone that can't relate to it in some way, shape or form. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, your character Tara is on her first sort of girly trip away at 16. She's a virgin, but there's a lot of emphasis about sex, which, you know, yes. for a lot of us as teenagers, that would have been a big thing. Um, yeah. And going on that holiday. And, um, and it's not just about losing your virginity. It's about those sexual encounters and what they are and how yeah. th- how they are perceived on either side and um and what that does to a person you know and the yeah. fragility around those times at times where we all think that we are old enough and we can tackle these big things but actually not realizing the impact that will have and the lifelong impact that that can possibly have yeah exactly and also the pressures that you're getting from all over yeah. every angle you know um it was our director molly kind of made this point of wanting a naked woman featured in every scene, like on the towels, on the lighters. Because when you do, when you are young, they are just everywhere and you don't even realise. So it's like these subtle pressures that you're getting from every angle to kind of, yeah, lose your virginity or kind of be able to have these conversations surrounding sex with actually no idea about it at all. Yeah. Um, So alongside the film, you've also got your BAFTA nomination, which is... I mean, yeah. talk, talk to me about that. How, how did that feel when you heard that news? I mean, it was just like, just a dream come true, of course. And it's like, I was on a packed rush hour train and I got told back in November and it was like NDAs and everything, couldn't tell anyone. And I'm sat on this train and I'm like, I can't even like squeal. <laughs> and like, you know, when you've got like the lump in your throat, I'm like, I need to ring my mom. And I was like, I can't, I can't do anything. I can't do anything with this. I've just got to sit with it right now. Also, just, you know, that huge imposter syndrome of just, like, someone made a mistake. By the time it actually is announced, they're going to be like, oh, actually, I don't know why you were told that back in November. That was a mistake. So for it to actually be announced now, I'm like, you can't take that away from me. Also, how far (laughs) postpartum were you by this point? How old was Leo? Yeah, so Leo was, I had him at the end of August, so he was like three months old-ish at this point. So you're still in a bit of a woo! Oh, yeah, complete, complete woo-woo. Like, I started doing press again six weeks after I had him, which some people have said is insane, but for me, I was like, I needed to get back to realising that you can do, like, a baby and be a human being at the same time because, oh, my gosh, those first few weeks, I was like, how do people do this? How on (laughs) earth? So it was kind of like by that point, I I was, yeah, I was really, like, just on another planet. Yeah. What was your childhood like? Amazing, very dramatic, as you can probably imagine. Um, I was really, really lucky. I started kind of dancing when I was like two years old. Really? So I grew up in South East London, yeah, and I went to a local dance school. I think everyone in my family was just a bit like, we need to do something with this child, she's nuts. <laughs> she's got too much um, energy. <laughs> yeah, literally. So they, I went to dance and I'm very all or nothing. So it wasn't like I'd do one dance class a week. It was multiple dance classes each night after school. And I just loved that kind of feeling of, being a part of something I think you know like the dance family loved that and yeah I just kind of relentlessly did that for a really long time and then realized that acting was a thing and I mean before I knew that acting was a thing I was very much at school like making up all these kind of crazy games about spies and like living in this world and or like playing Hannah Montana and just putting on performances for the teachers who bless them were like always very good at watching but that must have been a nightmare for them. (laughs) (laughs) and what about family life were you were you an only child did you have like do you have siblings 
I have two younger sisters right. um, and there's five years between each of us. So um, by the time my first sister came along, I was five years old and even at that age thought I was like an adult. So was very much like taking on mum role really? by that age already. Oh yeah, I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. And then when my sis second sister came along, I was 10 years old. So by that point I was like, yeah, I've, I've sussed all of this. I can, I can do this. And... Um, Kind of, yeah, would go out of my way to be kind of very mumsy with both of them. I can imagine Which I don't you... know if they've loved. <laughs> I can imagine you being a sort of 10-year-old just like popper in a pram and taking down the shops, like not phased oh, yeah. at all. Yeah, 100%, because we lived um, like in New Eltham, South East London, right on the high street. Yeah. And so I'm literally like, OK, we're going down the bakery. <laughs> <laughs> Mum mode on. And at that young age, do you think you ever thought about yourself as a mother, like looking forward? And, and I wonder how that changed as time went on. I think being an yeah. actor, it's a really hard thing to kind of factor in how that actually works. Yeah, I definitely think because of my sisters, I always like knew I'd want to be a mum at some point. Yeah. But I thought it would be a lot later in life for me because of acting. And then, like you say, as it kind of went on and career wise was like this yeah. up and down, you know, um, I was like, I don't know when... Like, it was a very serious conversation. I was like, I don't know when I'll be able to do this because I'd have to kind of make the decision to take some time out. And I was like, I don't know when I'm ever going to be able to do that. And because I look so young most of the time, I mean, not right now, I'm like, oh, I've still got my makeup on from last night's event. Um, but because I look so young, I kind of still play these, like, under 20-year-olds. Yeah. So you're not getting a lot of stories about that, that are young mums either, or kind of with a bump. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very much like I'd have to take time out when I wanted when I wanted to have a baby or got the chance to have a baby. And then Leo kind of came along. We found out we were pregnant between Christmas and New Year, not the one just gone, the one before. And it was kind of quite unexpected. Yeah. Had you and Tom spoken about family life? Yeah. Because you've been together a long yeah, time. So, yeah, we've been together like eight years now. And we had we had definitely spoke about it. And we had said, like, kind of, if it happens, like, we're in a good place for us to kind of be parents now, you know? Um, and it did happen a lot quicker than we thought. <laughs> and it was just one of those things. It was brilliant, though, because... I then just had to take the time out. I didn't have to think about it. I was just, well, it's happening, so I have to. And somehow, some weird, weird twist of fate, it was aligned perfectly with all the press for how to have sex. So I've kind of been working without having to play a character, you know? So um, so I was actually getting to work when I was pregnant and stuff as well. So it was, it was brilliant. It worked perfectly. I couldn't have written it better if I tried. How did your family react? Oh, they were absolutely chuffed. I mean, they had no idea. Again, they thought it would be a lot later for us because our life is just so chaotic with work and everything. Um, so it was a complete out of the blue thing for them. And I gave them, because it was between Christmas and New Year, I gave them like a little bag and was like, oh, I forgot to give you this gift. And it had the pregnancy test in it. And then my mum looked first and she was just like, you're joking, speechless, started crying. <laughs> and then my dad was like, what? What? And then he went, wait, are you, are you happy? Because we hadn't mentioned to anyone that it was even kind of a consideration for us. And we were like, yeah. And then he started celebrating because he was just like, wait, where has this come oh, from? I love that, though, that his reaction was to check on you yeah. first. You know, and I yeah, think as a yeah. parent, you kind of go, 
oh yeah, because I am their child. Yeah. You know, that's... Well, when I had Leo as well, when I was in the hospital, because we both had to stay in hospital for a bit after, and my dad like sent this message and he was like, I need to come and check on my baby. Oh. Being me. Yeah. yeah. So you do forget. And it's also, it's just incredible the like, that realisation of parenthood is just second to none. Yeah, and everything that they've done for you in the past. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, with my sisters and stuff, I see them kind of, you know, back-chatting my mum, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, hang on, she's gone through pregnancy, she's gone through sickness, she's gone through birth for this, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably like, shut up, Mia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, they're like, OK, we get it, you're a mum. <laughs> and how was your pregnancy? Because obviously you did work. And look, you had yes. some amazing red carpet outfits while pregnant. You did Pregnancy Glam beautifully there was one outfit I wore that was like sequins and I was like of course why don't more pregnant people dress in sequins it was like a real life disco ball it was brilliant <laughs> loved it um I mean I was I was very scared going into because it was Cannes that we did was the big kind of red carpet event that we were doing while I was six months pregnant and I was like oh, I don't even know how to because obviously your body is very different and you don't really know it and it's amazing for in so many ways but I was like I don't know how on earth to dress it because I'm haven't even put jeans, I still haven't put jeans on to this day since finding out I was pregnant. So I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna wear a dress, but my amazing stylist, Holly White, just like pulled out of the bag. I mean, it was amazing. Although I was having to wear platform heels. So I was having to be like, guys, I love the look, love the heels, but I'm gonna need a seat. I'm gonna need to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Did everyone just support you the whole way around as well? Because I don't yeah, think I would have yeah. trusted myself. Yeah, literally. And everyone was, like, on absolute guard, like, of pregnant lady, you oh. know, like, just protecting me at all costs, which was which was pretty fun. It must have been um, a really surreal time as well, because I imagine because of the context of the film, you're all yeah. playing far younger than you are. And actually, yes. in the press for it and in the showing of it, you are very much doing, you know, something like a very yeah. mature adult thing, you know? Yeah, so yeah. it's that... Literally. And I think, like, it's funny because... Filming How to Have Sex, obviously, you know, a big chunk of it is party, party, party. Yeah. Um, we went back to kind of feeling 16, 17 again when you're in this environment. We were super hyper and excited all the time. And then I fell pregnant a month later after we wrapped. And it was like, it was almost like I'd kind of had this unleash of like young me. <laughs> and then gone into, right, okay, mum mode now. Yeah. And it was amazing because... I am getting to kind of do all these amazing events where there's all these after parties and I'm like, I need to go home and be with my baby. And I feel like I really got it out of my system when we were in Malia. So it was brilliant. Watching it back whilst pregnant, so you're in a different yes. phase of your life. Does it oh, yeah. also hit differently in that way? As you know, you've you've you're you're yeah. different now. Yeah, a hundred percent, because you have this like new level of like feeling protective, I think. Yeah. So I watched it back for the first time in Cannes. No, we'd watched it once before Cannes, but kind of with an audience for the first time in Cannes. And I mean, I don't know if it was a bit of pregnancy hormones or just the whole thing, but after that in Cannes, I mean, the standing ovation that we got as well was just like this out-of-body experience. And I just relentlessly was sobbing. <laughs> and all the other, like, all the other cast were like, oh my God, are you okay? Because like, I, they hadn't seen me like that. And they were like, what? I was like, I think it's the pregnancy, it's hitting different. <laughs> but it is because it's like, all of a sudden you are seeing it from this completely other perspective as yeah. well. So it was just like this whole journey I couldn't have written it. Like, if someone had said, like, you're going to do this kind of film about consent that kind of explores 
losing your virginity at a young age and you're going to get to do this amazing press run and it's going to have these amazing reviews and mean so much to people. But also, you're going to fall pregnant and have a baby, so your life is is taking another journey as well. I just would be like, you're nuts, what on earth? <laughs> <laughs> Did you find out that you were having a boy? Yes. I, I paid to find out early. <laughs> <laughs> and did you find out in the room or did you find out with like a... Yes, so this is one of my favourite experiences of being pregnant. Found out in the room yeah. and they let you have three people in the room with you. Right. So I had Tom, who's who's my partner and baby's dad. And then I brought my mum and dad with me as well. And um, first of all, we were in the room and they go, OK, the lights will change to the, oh. like either pink or blue. And I was like, okay, so we lay in there and they go pink. And all of my family are, are girls. I don't know the last time we had a boy in our family. So we were like, oh, yay, like we kind of expected a girl. And then they were like, oh, no, no, sorry, that was a glitch. Like, <laughs> ignore that. And then we're all there. And then we're going, wait, so what does that mean? Does that mean a boy or does that mean, like, was it a pre-glitch? Like, that's what's going to come up? Or was it the opposite? You know, when you're like exploring every eventuality. And then they said, okay, now we're going to change the lights to actually work <laughs> and then they all went blue and my dad and Tom like jumped up like oh. buzzing and then me and my mum just looked at each other like wait what do we do with a boy because <laughs> like it's just honestly it's been girls 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 in our family and like I was like I don't even know I haven't got any boys names I had this really weird epiphany that growing up all of my dolls were girls so I had all these girls names that I'd called my, my dolls yeah. and had kind of put to use, you know, so yeah, I'd yeah, known yeah. if I'd like them or not. So I had my girl's name ready to go. And I was like, I've never practised a boy's name before. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I, don't, I have nothing. <laughs> For some people, that's a real big, that's something they really have to work around or work through, yeah. you know, the idea yeah. of thinking I'm definitely going to have this or this is what I want. And then when something else yeah. happens, kind of going, well, that's a big shift in my brain. I didn't think that I thought we were having a girl yeah. until until I got told we were having a boy. I was like, no, we're not. <laughs> I was like, but this is baby Eliza, I've named her. <laughs> um, and so I was just a bit like, I don't even know where to start. So I wasn't, I wasn't kind of disappointed or yeah. anything like that by that we were having a boy, but I was just like in total shock. And it took me a while to kind of believe, every scan we had after that, I was like, can you just check? <laughs> because I'm not sure. <laughs> I love that. And are you someone who got really prepped? Like, did you have all the stuff in place? Was your hospital bag packed? Were you ready? No. Okay. So I thought I, thought I was going to be so prepped. And in, in those first kind of four months where I could not move from bed, I had lists, endless lists on my phone of, like, what we needed... And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be so prepared. And I'm not a super organised person, but I was like, this is the change of me. I'm going to be so organised now. And then we got to probably a week before and we had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, your family coming around going, Mia, you should probably have a cot or something in here by now. We still don't have one. <laughs> So we've got, like, the next to me, but he's coming up for six months, which yeah, is when yeah, they're supposedly yeah. supposed to go into their cot. But we're trying to move house, and I thought we'd be in before the baby. Uh, it's so hard then, isn't it? Because you can't, you don't want to put loads of stuff in it because you've got people coming over. Well, this is our situation. Yeah. So I'm now, like, it doesn't look like we're moving anytime soon. I'm going to have to start this nursery. <laughs> and when have I got the time to do that? Hold <laughs> up. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How did you feel heading towards the birth? Like, are you someone who watched One Born Every Minute all the time? Are you someone who thought about it, scared of it? Do you know what? If I think about it now, it petrifies me. Really? But I think once, when I was pregnant, I was like, well, he's got to come out. So we're just going to have to do it. But I was induced as well in the end right. because we kept having these scans where I'm a very small person and he was this gigantic baby. Oh, really? And big babies do, yeah, big babies do run in our family. And every scan we were having, he was on like the 97th percentile. And they were finding it hilarious. They were like, oh, he obviously takes after his dad. I'm like, yeah, I've got to push him out. Um, and then a midwife um, said to me at one point, she was like, have you considered mode of delivery? And I was like, I don't even know what that means. And she was like, well, obviously, as a very small person with a potentially very big baby, you might want to look at your options. So then we had these meetings with consultants and they were kind of like, what, what do you want to do? And I was like... I've never done this before, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes it's a case of, you tell me. Like, yeah, what can, is... you, can you tell me? Yeah. yeah, and obviously, like, they want to give you, I think for a lot of people, you had this idea of birth. I was someone that was very much like, look, whichever way he's got to come out, he's got to come out. I don't, I'm not precious about it. Yeah. But then they said, OK, so your best options are probably a C-section or induction. They were like, in all transparency, induction, you're quite likely to end up having a c-section anyway because if your body's not ready but do you want to kind of give it a go with induction because then you're trying and I was like okay sure I don't yeah it doesn't really make much difference to me I just want my baby you know so we went with induction (laughs) (laughs) talk talk me through it Mia (laughs) oh it's a journey so had nothing started when you went into hospital then you literally your first thing was an induction okay Nothing had started and they put the 24-hour pessary in and I started contracting back to back and I was like, what on earth is this monster? And I rang my mum and I was like, I can't do this, I can't. And she was like, yes, you can, yes, you can. And then um, I think I spoke to a nurse and was like, "This this is a lot, I'm getting no relief kind of thing. And so they gave me pethidine, I think it was. And that just, like, I went to sleep and it was lovely. But then... The next day after the pessary was taken out, they go, yes, you're ready to have your waters broken, but there's there's no one no one to do it. So I was like, right. Um, so they were like, you just kind of got to wait till there's, there's space. And I was being violently sick. I couldn't keep anything down. 
um, the contractions had stopped. And then I was petrified that I was like, well, I've dilated to a point. Am I going to go back? And they were like, no, 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 that's not possible. Like, now that you've dilated, you're going to stay dilated. You're just going to gradually get more and more dilated. Um, so they were like, your waters might go on their own now that you've, we've kind of started the process. So I'm doing everything at this point to obviously, you know, try and get my waters going because I wasn't allowed to leave hospital either because yeah. they started the process. And I think we ended up being in... It was three days before they had someone ready to break our waters. And when the midwife came in and was like, they're ready now, I just was like, I just sobbed. And I was like, can I hug you? Because, you know, you just, I'd just gone into an insane place at that point of like, it's never going to happen. Yeah. I was like, you know, almost that imposter syndrome that I was talking about earlier was like, am I even actually pregnant? <laughs> like, <laughs> because nothing was progressing. I was like, what's going on? And then we got to where we're about to have our waters broken and they try and do it and they can't. So then they have to get this doctor. And I kid you not, they're all measuring their hands outside to see who can break their, my waters because I'm so tiny. So they eventually get someone that can break my waters. They go. And then I get the drip. Two lots of the drip. Right. He really didn't want to come out. I ended up being in active labour for, I think it was 25 hours. Then they were like, forceps. And I was like, yep. <laughs> I was like, please, please just, just get him out. Like, because at this point I was pushing and I'd been pushing for two and a half hours, which is more than what you're supposed yeah. to push. And I was just exhausted because also, because I'd spent the three days being violently sick. I hadn't had any food in my body. I wasn't sleeping. So the build up didn't give us the best shot either. Yeah. And I was just exhausted. And I was going to my mum. I was like, she's got, she was videoing along the way. And I've got videos. So I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> Like, I can't. And they're like, yes, you can. I'm like, and I'm trying to push, and you know what it's like. And then they take me down, give me a spinal block, and they're like, you're so chill. And I was like, yeah, because I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I can't feel anything right now. <laughs> so then he's out within, like, seven minutes, but he's very, very distressed by this point, so they have to take him away and do the work on him and everything, and they were absolutely amazing. He was in NICU for... I think it was about 40, 48 hours and right. then he got, got brought to the ward um, that I was in. When I first had him, I was still away with the fairies. I was texting my best friend who was still pregnant with, with hers and hadn't had him yet. And I was going, she was like, well, where's... I was like, I've had him. And she's like, well, where is he? And I was like, don't know. Don't know, babe. I think he's all right. <laughs> so I didn't kind of find out till the next day kind of what, what the process was and what was happening. But, yeah, he's... Um, He's, he's grand now and they were absolutely amazing. Mentally and emotionally, though, that must have been a big... Like, I know that you didn't necessarily have a plan. You were very yeah. trusting of everyone else in terms of what they felt was, was yes. going to be a good yeah. idea. Yeah. I, I, I think no one factors into their plan or even thinks about NICU or, you know, yeah, not yeah. being with your baby. Like, that's just not something that we... No, not at all. Could and... happen not at all and I think I didn't realize how much it kind of affected me until my best friend had her baby right. and as far as births go it was relatively straightforward and she sent me the picture of the three of them you know after they'd given birth and I just really started crying and I was like we never got we never got that moment which is in the grand scheme of things not that big a deal but I didn't realize that that part was the one part that I'd kind of envisioned and kind of everyone coming to see him and Tom's family are from up north, so they were all due to come down and get to meet him, but they couldn't. Yeah. So it was like all of that, you know, that I didn't think was the plan, but kind of was the plan that kind of had to be altered. But, you know, it was magical in, it, in its own way, for sure. 
you uh, wrote uh, an article for Netta Porter about, you know, uh, to Leah about um, the first period. Uh, and you say about, you know, the help from others and the gratitude for your mum and dad and everything. And I think it does take a village. And so often there's this, like when I had my first, it was almost like I wanted to show everyone that I was super mum and I wanted to be able to do everything. When people came over, I wanted to give them the tea and I wanted to do this and I wanted to be walking around. I got an infection. I, my, 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 one of my stitches came loose and I got an infection. Like I needed to go back into oh, hospital. So yeah, it's like, the stitches stop as it. Well, that... Oh, stitches. Yeah. How was your recovery? Because I can remember no, that awful. pull every now and then of doing something that can make you go, Whoop! Yeah, and I mine was the same. So apparently, with because I had an episiotomy, apparently um, it's quite common for the stitches not to take. Yeah. One of the reasons, actually, when they said about trying induction over C-section was they were like, the recovery will probably be quicker if you don't end up with a C-section. And the recovery from the episiotomy, honestly... I think I'm only just about recovered now. Really? I was taking, yeah, I was taking ibuprofen for like every four hours until about New Year this year. The pain was unbelievable. I don't know that when I went back because I was like, I need to do something about this pain. Like I surely can't be taking this this many tablets. Yeah. And um, they basically said there'd been a little bit of probably from the forceps some like internal muscle damage. Right. And there's there's nothing that could be done. It was just a just just a waiting game. <sighs> um, but that in itself, oh my gosh, the recovery was like. Well, again, people don't really talk about episiotomies. You know what I mean? They don't no, talk about it until you've had one. No. And then everyone's like sharing their episiotomy stories. <laughs> but, well, then every doctor that I kind of saw after that was like, yes, my episiotomy was really hard as well. And I was like, why did no one tell me this before? <laughs> but also in that moment, if someone says to you, we have to cut to get the baby out safely, you're like, yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I do think if I'd known then maybe I would have opted for a C-section. Yeah. Not that that recovery is any easier, but just in terms of because there was not a lot that they could do with an episiotomy. Yeah. Whereas I feel like people that I know that have had C-sections, it's been like quite a standard recovery in terms of knowing what to expect. Whereas with the episiotomy, it was just like, oh, I don't know what was going on down there. And mentally, when that's happening down there... You're like, you think the worst. Yeah. You think like that this is... All falling apart. Did you did you take a mirror to the area? <laughs> did you? Yeah, I did. Oh. I had to. Yeah, I did. Well, also, I was getting my mum to look for me quite I, a lot. I asked any like... professional who came over to anyone. Yeah. Can you just have yeah. a look and tell Can me? You please, yeah, please keep looking. Yeah. And every time they'd be like, no, it's, it's quite normal. I'm like, no, but it's agony. Yeah. It can't be. Yeah. And I mean, eventually I spoke to a doctor that she had had a similar situation with hers and it took her two years to recover. Wow. Yeah, she was like, my child is now two. I'm only just over my episiotomy because a similar thing kept happening. Like the stitches weren't taking and then that was causing further damage and infection and all of this. So it is really, really common. Yeah. But I think once I knew that, I was a bit more like, okay, I can I can deal with this. It, uh -huh. was, the, it was the thing of being like... Because online, when I was Googling it, it was like, you shouldn't be in pain after that eight weeks. It's that feeling of feeling like you're alone or you're the only one in it exactly. that it makes it more scary. Because then it's scary and you're like, yeah. what's going on? Whereas as soon as you kind of know, oh no, other people that have had an episiotomy are in a, a similar situation, you go, okay, it's painful, but it's, it's normal, so I'll, I'll deal with it. We've done the pain thing. We can do this. <laughs> <laughs> and how have you been with all the scheduling stuff? Because obviously, like you've said, you're not a very organised person, but when it comes to Leo... Do you have a set schedule and how early did you know? <laughs> no, no, we don't. We don't have any form of schedule. I mean, he honestly, I don't know how he got so lucky. It's like he's gone, oh, cool, you've got stuff to do. Don't worry, I'll, I'll figure this out. He, like, has scheduled himself naps. He <laughs> literally, like, honestly, he's been touch wood so far. The easiest baby 
I've ever spoke to anyone about or experienced in my yeah. life. He's very, gets on with it, not disrupted by noise. Like, once he's asleep, he's asleep. He's just had to kind of adjust to the madness. Yeah. Because he was coming with me to do press. I mean, we took him to Rome for press at six weeks old. <laughs> so he's just... And we lost our case on the way there. Oh, my God. So, oh obviously, you gosh. overpack. Yeah. You overpack, don't you? Thinking, yeah. like, every eventuality, yeah. what I need for this baby. Get there, case is gone. Which taught me, though... Did you cry? I would have cried. I didn't cry. Didn't you? I didn't cry. No, I somehow didn't cry. I think because I was a bit like, OK, like, we need to go and sort this out. But for Very me, I brought nappies. Very Mia. I know. I think it was. I, I think I was still a little bit not all there. Um, so we kind of because now I would cry. Um, yeah, went to the shop, bought what we needed, and then that was it. And I was like, oh wow, I really did overpack. I didn't need any of that stuff. Has that changed how you pack on future trips? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. For him, I'm like, okay, like we need we need the absolute essentials and then a couple of vests and baby goes and, and also realizing that you can do you can get the wipes or the nappies or the snacks all that stuff away I, I... because the thing that petrified me I'd, I'd packed like so much formula because it was like don't like mix the formula with the baby like once they're on one formula don't do something else so I was petrified but obviously we didn't have a choice we had to put him on something different once we got there and I think he had a little, like, runny poos for a couple of days, but he was absolutely fine. Yeah. He was absolutely fine. And then I was like, OK, like, we really don't need to, like, be as as anal as I was. Yeah. And how how has that juggle been? Because, I, uh, you know, I remember when we, before we had Buzz, Tom, my husband, sort of said, oh, you know, nothing will change. We'll just stick to our schedule. Baby will work around us. And we were like, yeah, yeah, great idea. <laughs> yeah, but then also yeah. trying to juggle our careers and baby, it's a, mm. you know, it's a difficult thing to juggle. Yeah, so it's been, it's been really amazing because I always thought when I had a baby, I'd be at home with baby. And I haven't been. I have, I've been the parent that's absent most. Tom's been here holding down the fort. And, I mean, we've got two dogs as well, baby, and he works from home, so he is... When I say super dad, I don't know how he's doing it. Um, I'm off gallivanting to, like, <laughs> New York and, like, doing all this stuff. So it's crazy because I always expected to be, to be the one being at home with baby, you know. And um, there's been moments when I'm like, oh, my God, like, what if he doesn't know who I am? Or, like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, mum guilt, you yeah. know. But... Actually, it's been amazing for me getting a lot better at managing my time and being able to say no to things mm. and being like, no, I need to be at home with my baby. Like, I haven't seen him in four days. <laughs> like, so it's been it's been good good for that. And also just, like, not taking either side for granted right now. Like, the kind of more glamorous side of getting to go to these events and stuff, you know, and then the side of getting to be home with Tom and baby and just absolutely chilling. Like, I appreciate them both so, so, so much because they're, like one extreme to the other, for sure. Did mother guilt surprise you when that first sort of kicked in? Yeah, definitely. Because I kind of thought, I'd heard about it before, but I was a bit like, no, I don't think, like, I don't really know where that will come from. And then, yeah, it really, it really, like, took a hold. And I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is what people have been talking about. And it's huge because it's a bit like trying to explain it to Tom. He's like, no, like, don't be silly. And I'm like, no, I know I'm being silly, but also, like, I can't. Like, that feeling's just there. And the only way that I found to kind of combat it was to just kind of accept it and be a bit yeah. like, OK, like, I do feel guilty right now, but ultimately, this is all for Leo, really. Like, it's so funny. My, my cousin said to me, one of my cousins said to me when she had her babies, when we were talking about it, and she was like, 
just before you have babies, do everything you want to do because it's not that you can't do it once you have them, it's that you don't want to. And it's so funny, like, all of a sudden, I love, love, love my work, but now I love it for a whole different reason. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is going to give me the chance to travel with Leo, with work and all of this. Like, it's going to give him such amazing experiences. Like, it's all become about him. So I'm like, as much as I feel guilty for not being there as much as maybe I would have wanted to, I'm also like... This is amazing that he's going to be able to look back one day and be like, oh, my God, my mum was at the BAFTAs yeah. when I was, like, six months old. Like, surely he's going to think I'm a cool mum. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes we can question ourselves and we can doubt ourselves. Providing means very different things. It's a loads of different things. And exactly. you're providing for Leo in, in a way yeah. that, you know, is special and unique and, and, and just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's just voicing that, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, having that conversation that then also makes you realise how much what you're doing is is important even if it's not physically being yeah. there physically being there with them so yeah i also think you know a lot of people have asked me on the back of how to have sex what kind of i want to instill into into yeah. leo growing up as a as a young man and i'm like do you know what actually the fact that i'm kind of out working i think is a really important thing for him yes. to see as well so that respect as well i think i'm 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 grateful that this is giving me that too Absolutely. Do you think motherhood looks like how you thought it would? No, it's better. It's better. He's like, it's just magical. Like when I came back, I came back last night from having not seen him in four days. And I was like, oh my God, I have a baby. He's real. And like his smell and everything. Like, I just couldn't even fathom that like he was actually real and he was laughing. And I was just like, I almost had the feeling of him being born again in a way, like just like, like it was really, really weird. I didn't expect it was the longest time I've been away from him. And I didn't expect it to be such an overwhelming, strong feeling. I was excited to see him, but oh my God, this was like, just wanted to like, just absolutely lap him up in every way, shape and form. And it's just, when people ask about it now, I'm just like, it's the best thing in the world. Like, don't get me wrong, it's not easy, not easy at all. But, oh my God, like, as soon as they just smile at you, it's just, like, you do, like, it's just crazy. Like, I, you do absolutely anything for them. Yeah. Absolutely anything. And they can't even talk to you yet. <laughs> and someone just keeps telling me it just gets better and better. And I'm just like, oh, it's just, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. If you could write a letter on motherhood, I know you've written your letter to Leo. If you could write a letter on motherhood, yeah. Who would it be to and what would you say? I think now it would be to my mum and dad for sure and writing down kind of all the things that I really remember because I think as parents you probably don't clock what those things would be. So I'd love to do that and just kind of make sure they know really, really deeply how much I appreciate them. I think that a letter like that would be really beneficial for you as well and I think every parent could do with doing that because I think there's such yeah. a pressure on social media to have all the stuff and do all the things are oh, you feeling yeah. all the yeah. time are you going to all the yeah. baby groups and actually if you think about your childhood one of our favorite things to do was to go outside in a, like mum's old hills and yeah. just strut around the garden just hearing the yeah. sound of the hills and the paint like yeah 
that for me is a happy memory. It wasn't yeah. being dragged around somewhere, being told to have fun, you know. No, one of my favourite memories is um, we had a little playhouse in the garden and it was raining one day and mum came outside with, like, a tray of, like, biscuits and a hot <laughs> chocolate each. Like, for me, that's such a beautiful memory and probably to mum wasn't all that deep at the time. Like, oh, I'll take them out a little drink, yeah. you know. And like you say, it's not going off and, get, like, doing these amazing things. Yeah. It's, it's actually the things that are kind of at home with your family. Yeah. Or we used to, there was a field near where we lived and we used to go and play um, like rounders in the field. Yeah. Like with this little Tinkerbell baseball bat and ball <laughs> that had been chewed by the dog. Like nothing fancy at all, but just like us lot with this silly bat and ball and just run around like maniacs. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's so true. I would like you to finish three sentences for me. So the first one is being a mum means. For me right now, accepting help as much as I possibly can. Uh, since having a baby, I... Have an overwhelming amount of love everywhere. I just see it everywhere now. And I'm happy when? My baby's happy. <laughs> and you know what? That's never going to go. I had um, We had Richard and Judy... I mean, you're far younger than me, but Richard and Judy, you know Richard and Judy. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. They, oh, were yeah. On, they were on the podcast and uh, Judy said, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. And that is oh, so wow. true. You know, I think uh, them being happy is, has such a, they're a part of you. And when they're unhappy, it just, just hits, doesn't it? There's always going to be that feeling of unrest. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. My mum did say to me, like, as incredible as it is, you have entered a lifetime of just pure worry. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And guilt. That mum guilt <laughs> yeah. ain't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But we're all in it together. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Mia, I hope, like, have an amazing time at the BAFTAs. Well, Thank what you an so amazing much. thing to be doing. And I'm going to be Honestly. keeping everything crossed for you. Because uh, How you to Have so Sex much. is, uh, like, just a phenomenal film. And I know that. You know, it sparks up so many conversations, but it also will have an impact on people, even if they don't vocalise it. That kind of yeah. sense of like looking back, reflecting, uh, and realising yeah. that they're not on their own. So, thank you massively. Thank you. This has been absolutely incredible to talk to you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. <laughs> I've loved it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> a nice little bit of different press for you. I know, it's lovely, honestly. <laughs> I feel like a little coffee morning. <laughs> Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.